Welcome back to the fourth episode of the Market Hustle podcast. We are so excited. We're rolling through these. Uh, we're a little over a month in with this podcast show, and this is going to be our fourth episode. Uh, today, I have Pierce joining us as the co-host. Pierce, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. Thank you again for having me. I couldn't make the last one. Wi-Fi was a little janky, but you know, technology, it's all good. But I'm, I appreciate you for letting me be on this one. And I'm, you know, I'm excited to talk to our guest today. Of course, of course. How's how's thing been in your life? Anything new going on, or are you just kind of rolling with the routine? No, I'm rolling with the routine, man. Gotten a little fender bender a while ago. Girl had ah. no insurance, stuff like that. But you know, that's what insurance is for. So other than that, I'm super well, and I'm I'm excited to do this. It's great to have you back, man. Great to have you back. Yeah. Buffy isn't able to make this one, and again, for a little context with these podcasts, we tend to have some co-hosts, our lovely co-hosts, Pierce and Buffy. There, they tend to join us whenever they can. Uh, this podcast is happening a little bit later, which is why Bafi wasn't able to make it. And that's because we have a very special guest with us, joining us all the way from Ireland, Paul. Paul, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you. How are you doing today? I am well, and I'm excited to do this, guys. You, as I was saying just quickly before we hopped on air, your page has been one of those that has been slowly, slowly penetrating my thought process towards investing. So really excited to chat to you guys and actually meet you guys as well. Hey, the pleasure is the pleasure's ours. It's it's great to have you. First off, thanks for taking the time to come on these podcasts because it does, you know, yeah. I know you're you have a busy life, you have a lot going on in your own life. So the fact that you're taking the time to come on here and to share the market hustle community, share with the market hustle community uh your specific insights and everything you've learned. Um, I, I can't thank you enough for doing so. Yeah. It, I'm excited. It's a small step outside my comfort zone. So when I had that little doubt in my mind and in my heart, I was like, no, this is the right thing to do. Let's <laughs> let's go on and talk about it. So, awesome. but no, I, and even, even if just to thank you guys in person as well, because I do follow your page a lot. I hadn't realized how much financial literacy, if that's the right word, that you can accumulate from just following pages on Instagram when you curate your feed. But I mean, jumping straight into the weeds, like I think in 20 years time, we'll see a lot of people who wasted 20 years on crap versus 20, 20 years of actually pretty decent consumption. I've kind of learned the internet is now aiming a gun on my head in terms of my attention. So where am I putting that attention as far as I'm concerned? Yeah. And, and that's a, that's a good conversation to have because I don't think people realize like how much the things you consume, like not, not only on the internet, but like, of course the environments you're in in real life, like they really do, you know, as cliche as it sounds, they really do shape your mindset and shape your worldview and, and your worldview ultimately shapes the results that you get out of your life. So, of course, like the information you're consuming, uh, the information you're reading, uh, the information you're listening to, like all of that penetrates your mindset and changes your subconscious mindset to some level or to some degree in one way or another. So I, I think that's a very wise observation of yourself to notice those those little little changes, those micro changes. You know, that's uh, it's good feedback for the market hustle as well, because the whole purpose of the market hustle is trying to put out that financial literacy information in a social media world that tends to not have uh, that that's very short term mindset or short form type of content that you have to put out there. So like it's, it's a balance because not a lot of people want to learn financial concepts yeah. on Instagram, let alone social media in general. So it's, it's been a constant balance with the market hustle to just do more of like those micro lessons. And I, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that they've actually had an impact on you. 
I assume a lot of people are apprehensive as well that when you're looking at financial literacy content that maybe you're not being taken for a ride by cowboys. I think a lot of people are used to these kind of get rich quick schemes or they come in kind of nice and skeptical. And I, I think from my own experience, um, and this is where I would have been a couple of years ago, that the compound effect, say, of numbers, say it's very intuitive to add five plus five plus five plus five, right? But if someone's kind of coming on and telling you five by five by five by five, and in 20 years, you're going to be in a very good position. The brain doesn't compute that as intuitively. So something that you guys do particularly well, and something I try to do in my own business, is if you can offer a piece of information, that's one thing. But if you can offer a perspective changing kind of insight, that's the, the biggest impact you can have. It's kind of like, it's one thing to say in, in my context, carbohydrates or so many calories or compound interest returns this much in the market. But those sentences don't mean anything to anybody who doesn't believe they can achieve it in the first place. You have to change somebody's perspective and change their worldview even slightly. And when you get someone's perspective to change, behaviors tend to automatically follow. So like my investing journey at the start, I was obviously a bit skeptical thinking, is this just gambling? Is this just gambling for idiots? Is this the lotto? And then you talk to some wise people and it's like, no, this is a very much a system. This is, um, and, and I've got lucky because I'm a personal trainer by trade. I've shifted much more into the kind of psychological aspect around eating in the last couple of years, which I adore, but I'm pretty blessed because if you took the word weight loss or food away and put in kind of money, there's a lot of crossovers and parallels between how a lot of people treat their diet versus say how, how people treat money. So when I got advice from the finance guy, he said, you're a trainer. You probably see a lot of people looking for six week fixes and all this carry on. I was like, yeah, absolutely. And he said, yeah, that's the same with the, the investing world. If you're not in it for 20 plus years, forget about it. So that was the first exposure I had to money education. So pretty good advice as far as I'm concerned. Definitely. But like absolutely. one small little example, if a person, and it's something I see all the time, steps on a weighing scale and it fluctuates in the direction that they don't want it to fluctuate, they'll often kind of quit and think, oh, this is not working because they're so honed in on the daily fluctuation. They're like, this isn't working. I'm going to quit. And nobody logically thinks I'm going to binge eat on food and hope I'm slimmer. But that's what a lot of people do. Same with, and what I've been told was market fluctuations. There's a small dip in the stock market and people think, oh, holy shit, this is not working. I better sell. And that emotion comes into it. Yeah. So the first, the first thing I learned about investing was because I believe eating is a behavior and not a, a nutrition science. I've been told investing is a behavior more than it is a financial science, if you like. So th these are all the insights that I was lucky enough to get. Um, yeah. So I think I was educated quite well initially. Yeah. It, it sounds very much so, you know, and I, I would completely agree with all of your observations. It's, it's pretty funny. Like the more you dive into the finance space or just investing in general, <clears throat> and Pierce, I'm sure you can attest this as well. Like a, a lot of it is correlated to bunch of different areas of life, right? Like it's yeah. not, and Buffy says this perfectly when Buffy's on, like, it's not about your money. It's about your life. Like these financial habits that you're building directly impacts the quality of life you're going to have. Right. And a lot of it stems from, I would say, if you kind of want to dive into the core of what it is, it is a human behavior. Um, I don't want to say issue, but it, it does revolve around human behavior because rationally, especially with stock markets and investing, like the best time to invest is when there's when there's a market crash, right? When everybody's running away, when there's a bunch of fear in the market, that's rationally the best time to invest. But it's also the time when nobody wants to invest, right? Because by definition, for those crashes to actually occur, there has to be a lot of fear and more investors have to be running away from the stock market than there are buying. But the people who actually are rational and keep that, uh, how do you describe it? Keep that 
fear that that fear from clouding their judgment yeah. is much easier said than done. Like I'm not trying to just oversimplify everything. Like I know this is this is something that is very difficult to do. It's simple, like it's a simple concept, but it's difficult in practice because it requires you to kind of rise above that emotional impulse to run away from the stock market. And there's a lot of correlations there, I'm sure, to fitness uh, with with what you see, Paul, when it comes to just food in general. You know, like naturally, like we we are probably, we're hardwired to want sugar, like lots of sugar, right? Like when we eat sugar, it feels good to us, like because our body biologically is saying, yes, this is good. I want more of this. I want more of this. But if you don't have that self-control, like if you can't rise above that impulse, then there's going to be problems that occur down the road, right? I mean, I'm sure you see that. I, I'm curious though, Paul, like how long have you been a personal trainer in the fitness world? Is this, is this like, a, I know you, you're fully self-employed as a personal trainer, correct? Yeah, I've been self-employed for the past. I'm just finishing up eight years. So I'm going into year nine in the turn of the year. Nice. Yeah, so I've been, I've, I've survived that initial, you'll likely go out of business standpoint. Congratulations. Um, thank you, Pierce. I appreciate that. Awesome. There's, um, there's a statistic that I find fascinating. And have you read Morgan Housel's work, guys? I have not. Yes. Have you, oh, wow. I, 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 Pierce, I think you guys would both like it. You have obviously, Joshua, you said you did. Yeah, I've listened to it. Or I've, I've read the book and listened to the audiobook as well. Um, great, phenomenal book, The Psychology of Money. Uh, probably one of the best personal finance books that have come out in the last few years. I think it came out in 2001, or sorry, 2021, if I'm not mistaken. So it's kind of a, a newer ish finance book, but it's an incredible book that kind of will help shape your mindset around money specifically. It's it's perfect for brand new beginners, like people who are just have some sort of initial curiosity to want to learn about this stuff and maybe are completely clueless where to start. Like that's a great book to kind of reshape your mindset and your relationship with money. Absolutely. And I, I tend agree. to gravitate towards people like Morgan who can frame concepts, but in such a way that it could apply to other things and in such a way that it'll still be true in 20 years. Um but he gives a stat in the book that says something like 99% of businesses throughout history, something to the effect of it's got in the last 170 years, almost 99% of businesses have gone under. Um, but also that, and that statistic sounds terrifying. But if you go to any city, any country, any continent in the world, you'll see millions of thriving businesses, right? So I kind of like, you can use a statistic to skew towards whatever bias through which you see the world. So I kind of find that a little bit fascinating. So yeah, I've been self-employed for the past eight or nine years. Um, I absolutely love it. I've kind of gone into the business mentoring side of things lately as well. So, you know, you just kind of, I love it, but then there's also the kind of, as you climb more hills, the next hill kind of appears. So yeah, um, fully self-employed, personal training, but I do a lot of work now with um, more so, like I was saying, the psychology on eating more than anything, but in such a way where I'm, I'm not certainly not diagnosing people's problems, but similar to what you guys kind of say, I find a lot of the issues that I face to be more so behavioral. And I kind of find myself asking a lot of, and this is why I'm, I, I think it's easier to, well, it's actually more difficult not to judge people. It's it's a lot harder to have empathy, but I'm interested in what are the like situational and psychological constraints on somebody's current struggles. Because I always think if you can't understand someone's specific behavior, you can assume you're missing part of their context. I just know that if you would have judged me a few years back on having no financial literacy, it would have been nothing to do with a lack of intelligence, I like to think, and much more to do with how I was raised and the certainly the country and the culture I grew up in, because in Ireland, we don't really talk about money. But again, through the internet, I've been lucky to link up with some great people, meet some cool people, get some amazing information and yeah, no, I'm just, I have a burning desire to be financially independent and spend my days reading and thinking and traveling. And I mean, I kind of do that already. I don't think you need to be financially independent to have a really good life. But yeah. I also think as time passes, you need to be wise. I kind of look at it like raindrops. 
no individual raindrop makes a flood, but when you look at a massive flood, it is raindrops. They're your tiny little decisions that kind of yep. compound towards one direction. So, yeah. I always think about it like perception is reality, but people also forget, like, you know, like, like looking at it, like it's easy to drive down the street and to say like, oh, look at that bum on the side of the road. But there's also that side to it, like perspective is reality. And so you have to put yourself in that that person's place and oh, it's, to, to be in that perspective and, and to, in that situation really could change someone's mindset against it. So growing up, some people growing up with money have that 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 sense with money that, oh, like, you know, whatever, it doesn't really matter. And they will drive down the street and think that exact thing. But someone who grew up not in the best situation and didn't have that upbringing would think maybe differently about it if they did come into money. And so I think just perspective on thing, you know, it's also perception. That's what you see, you know, everyone's, it has their own opinion, but it's the perspective. Like what is the grand all thing that's going on with the situation? I think people tend to forget that because we go through our day-to-day lives. Like, you know, how many people did you think about today besides yourself? rationally though like how many people and so you go through your day-to-day life just not thinking about nobody not doing nothing about and so it's just perspective for me at least i try to indulge myself into perspective on things but i love what you were saying no that's that's beautifully said and i i think i mean that directly ties into i I know some people might be thinking like how does this correlate to investing in money and it directly does because there's multiple ways you can view the stock market, right? Like, especially when it comes to trying to like value a company or to determine if a stock's a good stock to buy or not, right? Like there's thousands of, uh, maybe thousands, maybe not thousands, but hundreds of different perspectives out there on like a specific company. So you you spend five minutes on the internet going to do some research on like a company like Tesla, Apple, uh, Microsoft or whatever, you're, you're, you're quickly going to find out that there's so many different perspectives. Like some people think it's a great company. It's a great time to buy. And then others will be like, no, it's a terrible time to buy because X, Y, and Z. It's like, yes, it, it's, it really is related to that extent. Um, I mean, this is a very uh, zoomed in view of it, but um, it, it's a fascinating thought experiment to kind of think about and to consider, um, especially when you, when you, when you talk on, or when you touch on Paul of correlating to like different domains of life, such as uh, the fitness realm and the finance realm, because there is, I I think that's a good, I think a lot of people can kind of visualize the correlations between the two, because everybody understands that, you know, fitness, like there's a lot of simple concepts, like eat, eat less than your body's burning, right? You know, go, go just go to the gym, uh, eat better food. Like the, the concepts are simple to like become healthier, but executing those concepts is very difficult. And that's because it becomes it comes down to a behavior problem or just a habit problem, I would say. You know, a lot of those habits that we have in our lives are deeply ingrained, a lot deeper ingrained than we actually think that we give them credit for. And the same con- the same is true for money, right? Like, I mean, the the simple the concepts of improving your financial situation are pretty damn simple, right? Spend less than you make, yeah. um, invest the difference, you know, index funds are a solid route to go if you're not sure where to invest um, and just find ways to decrease your expenses, increase your income. Like right there, like that's, that's, those are the gems right there. Yeah. That's They're very that's simple cool. concepts, but in practice, it's very difficult to, to execute in your own life because yeah. not only that, I, just, I, I think the issue is that everybody's life is going to be different to some degree or another. Like the concepts to improve it are, are simple, but actually applying those concepts is where it gets tricky. Um, Paul, have you have you kind of noticed that as well in the fitness realm when you when you're working with fitness clients? Oh, absolutely. It, like you say, it's the concept is simple, but it's not always easy to be simple. And yeah. the 
you could make a really good go at having a generally good fitness life with some of the most simple tips. And to take it back to the finance aspect, something that I didn't realize a few years back is it is so much more underwhelming. You need surprisingly little financial literacy to have a really strong investing portfolio. And I think I'd be remiss if I didn't actually touch on that because me a couple of years ago would have been thinking, oh my God, is this going to be moving screens and crazy numbers? And am I going to be on a, you know, a spreadsheet all day? It is so simple to have a, an effective investing strategy if you're someone like me who doesn't want to sit around all day looking at businesses and companies and whatnot like you're talking about etfs yeah you, know, you can just get some decent financial advice on an etf to buy you you know you have your little bit of a size of 500 companies or whatever it's going to be and again like i said i'm no expert investor i'm not one to give investing advice but i would happily talk about the psychology behind it all day because then once you have your etf once you're looking at compounding your money in the right direction you can actually focus on what actually matters which is making wealth over the long term and of think about it like this the rock the wrestler dwayne johnson for example might get up at three in the morning and do a crazy workout and then eat a, an unrealistic amount of food if you're trying to be that specific, that might not work out for you. But understanding that people who maybe get up a little earlier or do some exercise tend to be happier people or healthier people, that's an observation that you can do something with. And in a similar way, I'm not going to start copying Warren Buffett tomorrow or any financial tycoons because I don't have that knowledge or insight. And obviously, my brain's not naturally wired that way. But understanding that people who put their money into long-term compounding ETFs tend to do better than people who go short-term, that's an observation that you can do something with. So I, I find if you can educate people to focus on broad patterns, to have kind of a sense of values, like if you don't know why you're doing something, you're never going to play the long game, especially as you alluded to, Josh, earlier when the market dips. How the hell are you going to stay watching your net worth crash if you don't actually have a plan and know why you're in it? Same with the kind of the fitness thing. How the hell are you going to stay involved in new eating behaviors if you genuinely don't believe that you can engage in those behaviors in 10 years down the road. And I'm not asking you to be a hermit and do absolutely nothing. I'm saying that like there are broad kind of patterns and perspectives as well as insights that you acquire that you can't possibly know yet that are all to be accumulated on the journey. So to your point for sure, it is a simple formula, but it's probably one of the hardest things in the world is to actually be simple. I find myself personally, I find myself doing a lot of work whereby the plan is actually laid out on the first week. It's it's making sure that people don't abandon ship during more stressful times. You know, for example, differentiating true real hunger and having the flexibility to eat extra versus kind of a stress response where you're just eating without thinking. Again, I don't know how that relates to finance, but perhaps it's like, oh, here's a new crypto coin. Put all your money yeah, into this yeah. versus, versus no, stay the course with your ETF. You, this is why you paid the financial advisor. You know, Stick that kind of thing. Yeah, stick to, the, stick to the plan and not the generic kind of rude stick to the plan, but more so look at, look at the trend of the evidence and where there is doubt, stay where the evidence lies. So, I mean, I'm sure there are crypto geniuses. I'm sure there are people yeah. who understand individual stocks. I'm not one of them. So you have to know your own strengths as well. You have to know what game you're playing. Like, for example, guys, as well, like I consider the ladder of social comparison endless. You can, if you drive here in a Ferrari today, we can play that game all day long who's got the nicer car and one thing about my upbringing i'm super grateful with is i just don't care about things my girlfriend goes crazy that like i could be i could be the wealthiest guy on the planet and like she's like would you just buy yourself a nice jumper for heaven's sake <laughs> and, uh, and i think to know the game you're playing and to have a real kind of intrinsic happiness like I was happy when I was broke as hell. The first day I met 10 euros as a personal trainer in 2015, I swear to God, I thought I won the lotto. 
So wow. everything else has been a complete bonus in the last decade. Um, and my only regret is not having started this sooner. But again, I go back to it. Like you, you're focusing on broad patterns. You're focusing on the kind of people you're letting influence you. Like these, yeah. these concepts are all transferable in every single area of life. Focus on the right thing. Like if I see one of you guys driving a Ferrari, I know nothing else about you other than you spent a hundred grand on a car. I don't know your insecurities, your anxieties, your debt, your worry. Similar if I see a guy with muscles on the internet, I don't know what steroid cycle he might be taking, what eating disorder he might have. I don't know what kind of worries and stress, what kind of pressure he's under, how happy he is. And I, I feel like kind of ruthless opinion in my opinion where people say like, oh yeah, we're all easily influenced on social media. No, you owe it to yourself to stop being influenced by stupid shit. And allow yourself to let, let the right kind of yeah i i really feel strongly about this one because then you get into that kind of victim mindset of oh why me and all this carry on and you have no context for anyone else so you're comparing yourself in i would i would honestly say 99.9 percent .9 of times you're comparing yourself to situations that don't actually exist when you're a yeah. passive consumer in your own life on the internet so i do think it's a case to sitting down having an honest audit of what's important to you in life for me emotional literacy financial literacy and then having a nice circle of friends and family around me you give me that i'm good and that's how i see it and that's what i encourage people to to look for in there and and you might think how does this involve in or how does this relate to investing i i think it's the core i think self-awareness i think it is it is self-awareness and that, that's a very wise like observation and just perspective on it all uh paul i i yeah perfectly said it's it's hard to kind of top that one off but i i will say this um kind of like what you were alluding to like it's very easy to compare your current situation to just random people especially on the internet right like on instagram alone i think that's why the market hustle does well on instagram is because instagram is known to kind of be that place where you kind of show off your lifestyle right like everybody has become their own pr agent for their own life and the whole goal for a lot of people on instagram seems to be just to project this image right like that's that's kind of like yeah. the core goal of that platform so yeah i kind of ironically just started making content kind of i guess attacking that and to an, to an extent of like you know hey there's more to life than the materialistic objects and i do get a lot of backlash it's like and you know like i'm not i'm not narrow-minded like i understand that there's like some people enjoy the materialistic stuff and they're not doing it as a competitive thing and that's fine like you know everybody can do whatever they want with their money but i think where the problem lies is if you are visible with your life you're spending thousands of dollars on stuff you don't need, like designer clothes every month. You're spending $700 a month on Starbucks and you're, you got a thousand dollar car payment every month. Like if you're miserable and you you have that type of spending habits that are just bankrupting you every month and you're sitting there complaining that you can't get ahead because the world's out to get you, you know, there's, there's, it's impossible to make money. Like sometimes I, I think a lot of people would benefit from just kind of looking inward and being like, well, where could I kind of improve my life? And I, you know, I, I get it. Like I'm empathetic because I understand that a lot of people just don't have the perspective, like the financial perspective that maybe I have, or uh, any of you guys on this podcast have, um, because it, it's, it's, a, it's a skill, you know, like you have to learn this stuff. You have to learn how to be intentional with money. Um, it's not natural. It doesn't come natural to, to us. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not really, uh, it's not in our behavior. It's not embedded in human behavior. And what's embedded in human behavior is to indulge as soon as you get something, right? Like that's that's a core human behavior function is like when you get like something that feels good, enjoy the hell out of it because we don't know when the next time that's going to occur again. And that's because, you know, when we were animals, like when we were still in the human kingdom, like that's, that's kind of what worked out well for you. Because like we didn't know when we were going to get our next meal. We didn't have 
Uh, we didn't have McDonald's or Chipotle just kind of right around the corner. Like you didn't know when you were going to eat next. So it was rational to eat as much as you could whenever you could find it. Uh, but nowadays in the modern world, that that blueprints of, of human DNA or whatever you want to call it does us more harm than it does good. And I truly believe like anybody who is intentional or wants to change their financial situation can, you know, it gets, it's going to be more difficult for different people, especially depending on your situation. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of nuances in, and um, gray area in, in the financial world. But I truly believe like if you, if you spend the time or you invest the time to, and you, and you deeply desire to change your financial situation, I, I believe anybody can do it. Uh, especially yeah, because- I, I completely agree with you and I, I love I do actually love the fact that empathy seems to be at the core of your message I love how you project yourselves on the internet because like just like my clients for example I don't know what I don't know so I think I think we're all just here to kind of help each other out a little bit I think that's the reason I would have been drawn to your information as well as you know if you would have been just you know standing there naked beside a Ferrari I think I would have just gone this guy's just another you know whereas I think when you're genuinely intrigued in changing somebody's perspective and offering them a new insight as to this is a very good behavior and Pierce, you kind of touched on that as well prior the fact that you started investing so young there's something about doing something that changes your psychology for for example i started making and not much money i'm talking 20 dollars, 30 dollars a month on writing articles and blogs but something about making a couple of pennies from being a paid writer actually changes your psychology and it changes how you engage with the process so i imagine Pierce, for you just like it might be for somebody who starts to lose life-changing weight or somebody who's, you know, like you, you're investing at a young age, you do change your relationship with intentionality. You stop being a passive consumer in your own life. Oh, completely. I mean, recently I just indulged in uh, in, in a nice car. You know, I, I had my 21st birthday, so I, I bought myself a nice car. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank yeah. you, thank you. This was a while back, but uh, so, I, you know, I bought a nice car. But in, in, in the situation that I'm at, you know, I, I looked at it from, from the outside, okay? And I said, okay, is this going to have a long-term effect in my life? And I say, is this, you know, and it's a BMW, okay? So maintenance issues right off the bat, just going to say that. And so, you know, you have to know, you have to take into account that, that there's going to be issues and things like that that come along with the car. So it's long-term, can, will this hurt me? And if the answer is no, for some, some, some people, like, you know, I like to indulge in cars, you know, I don't like to spend money on much else, but you know, cars is my thing to do. And so I, I look at it like, uh, as a reward, you know, and yeah. see, but people also misinterpret that as, you know, so I was talking to my friend, I'll go back on the conversation we were having before we started recording on my, uh, one of my buddies, he came and he said, I, I have this amount saved. And I said, okay, so if you go spend some of that amount, you don't have that full amount anymore. And so you need to make sure that that principle never goes away and that you just keep on going on top of it. If, if, if that makes any sense. Yeah. It's like, totally. it's, it's like, I don't know. It's long spending a million dollars is the opposite of being a millionaire. That kind of mindset that in order exactly. to have, you need to. Yeah. Exactly. And so, you know, I have a, a multiplication in my head, to, you know, net worth has to equal this or I can't buy the car. Yeah, yeah and so in the situation, that's what I did, and I could, and so I did. And that, that's, that's such a wise perspective at 21 years of age. That, that's mind blowing to me, isn't it, Josh? It's it's incredible. That's why we love Pierce on this podcast because he brings a unique perspective. You know, there's not a lot of 21 year olds that think like Pierce. You know, and I, I'm not much older. I mean, I'm 27, so yeah. relatively. But you know, it's it's hard to find people, especially in their 20s, that are like thinking like this with money and. Pierce, I, I I love your perspective and just like your um, 
your idea around money because like, yes, you like cars, you like nice cars, which is fine. Like that's, that's why I, I, I try to tell people like, it's fine to want to have nice things. Like if you want the BMW, if you want the Bugatti, if you want the Gucci belt, like whatever, that's fine. You can have what you can want, whatever you want. That's, that's your own situation, but just make sure you're strategic about it. Like make sure you're smart about it. Right. Like don't go buy the BMW and then it prevents you from paying your rent bill or exactly. <laughs> to buy some food. Right. Like you, you exactly. don't want to make decisions that make the future of your life more difficult. Now, if you're strategic about it and you're smart with kind of how you're situating your finances, you can have the BMW and continue to get richer at the same time. Exactly. Yes, it might take some time to actually get to that point, but it requires, you know, it, you can do it. Like it's possible. Um, and that's that's what I hope people gather from this context or this this podcast specifically, because um, a lot of people will kind of get turned off about some of the stuff I put on Instagram. Like, oh, you know, like maybe you might you might have to take a couple of years and and sacrifice some spending just to kind of get your life set up. And it's like uh, people will start to be like, oh, what's the point? You know, life's meant to to have fun. You know, if you're not having fun, then you know you're you're just wasting your time away on on making money. And it's like they're they're missing the like fundamental part of that. It's like, no, you can still have fun. Like I'm not saying stop living your life completely, but obviously that the answer to that just depends on everybody's situation. It's like if you have a good income and you want to have a nice BMW, but maybe instead of having a fancy house, you just have like a cheap studio apartment in order to afford that and and actually survive and, and keep your finances improving over the long term. Then so yeah. be it. You know, like you can find the, the the answer of like where you're going to spend your money on a car, on on rent or food. It just depends on on your situation. Like you you can make it work if you're strategic about it. Which is why I think financial literacy skills and just simple budget skills will go miles for a lot of people's situation if they're willing to actually put in the work, put in the 30 hours to learn how to be strategic about managing their money, and then actually implement that into their life. I think. 50, like 90% of the people who are listening right now, if they actually went and did that, it's going to just open up a completely different perspective and world Absolutely. path to their uh, their future, their, their financial future. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think when in a similar way, when clients are, for example, for me, trying to undergo behavior change in a very similar way to this, you're kind of trying to get somebody from a fear of missing out to a joy of missing out kind of phase. Yeah. So you kind of want them to voluntarily engage with whatever constraints they need to put on themselves in a way that makes their life better, in a way that they see kind of what's worth it on the other end. And, and you are like, it takes time. Anything worth having takes time though. And it's a prerequisite. And because time is going to pass anyway, I think it makes so much more sense to try and be a little bit intentional with your choices as best you can. So yeah. like, you don't need to be, you don't need to be making, in my opinion, crazy amounts of changes to have a positive result. What you do need is a couple of smart changes over a consistently long period of time. So if you were to, you've kind of touched on it, Josh, about Starbucks as a, as a recovering Starbucks addict, <laughs> I have to, I have to say, if you're to become a little bit wiser, and I don't even think you need to cut coffee. In fact, I don't like, personally, this is just my style. I don't like offering any kind of specifics. I'm not very prescriptive as a trainer. I think it, I don't think advice cuts to the heart of problems. I think you have to change someone's heart to change their head. Yep. But if you were to take some kind of expenditure that you put into, say, Starbucks, like I used to, and instead you're to find a couple of quid a month to put into a, a low, you know, a low-cost index fund or whatever it can change the trajectory of your life. Just like if you audit your nutrition and you think, okay, it's actually, I'm actually don't have a terrible diet. If I, if I can either panic and think I need a, need a new diet or I can think, okay, I'm a little bit devoid on protein. I probably don't eat enough fruit. You can actually slightly shift 
the, the calorie balance equation by a couple of smart swaps by thinking of a kind of inclusion mindset like what what's on the other end okay well if i have a little bit more protein and a bit more fruit for like six months i actually could end up looking like a different person but because you can't actually engage with you six months down the line it's very difficult to believe that you can actually achieve it just like it's still difficult for me to believe that my portfolio can grow into something that's going to truly truly change my life but you have to at some point convince yourself that like okay this is why i'm here this is why i'm in it these are the values i hold this is what i want to get out of it and then you as you practice more and more restraint in certain areas it changes you one one little example i would offer i don't know if you guys smoke cigarettes but so, not. <laughs> so like yeah, I don't either. So like I don't have to use dis discipline or coax you guys into not smoking, right? You value clean lungs, you value fresh air, and you value not spending 20 euros, at least that's what they are here, on a box of cigarettes. So your values passively dictate why you don't smoke. I don't have to negotiate you guys into it. Whereas I think if you can get that relationship in a similar kind of way with say eating or money, not obviously you can't abstain from eating or money, but what I mean is have a set of values that rather than mean you're needing discipline all the time you actually value the choices you make so much that they can begin over time to feel so much more organic. So oh, oh, you, you kind of like, if you're trying to save money and you don't go out Saturday night, spend a fortune changes when you don't go out, even though you really want to, but then transformation is when you no longer actually want to waste your money. And I think you can practice changes so that you eventually transform. It's just a case of flexing the muscle, no more than bicep curls, no more than investing monthly automatically. So. I think everything compounds, pardon the pun, obviously, but everything compounds in the direction with which you practice it. And what I'm trying to do in the nutrition space is get people to be very aware that your decisions do compound. Let's kindly, non-judgmentally and empathetically, but very honestly, have an honest look at your decisions and see which direction we're going. I think that's kind of the same thing that you guys are doing with people's finances. And it's, you know, people like yourselves have certainly helped me think about the, the right direction of my life, especially here in Ireland, where we don't talk about investing. I have no investing friends that are based here in Ireland. They're all overseas wow interesting yeah we don't talk about it paul that's an amazing perspective and i, I don't think i don't think i could have explained it better than you did like you, you <laughs> just the the idea of how many different areas of your life can have can benefit from that those compounded habits it's it's truly amazing if you really kind of take a step back and, and think about it all um every like every habit you you have in your life like even the habits you're not aware of like that's the thing there's so many yeah. habits that you are not aware of like even i like there's there's habits in my, i try to be intentionally aware of my habits but i know there's stuff that you're just not aware of you know and and sometimes yeah. it takes somebody some like a friend or a family member to point it out you know and, and sometimes you don't want to hear it because subconsciously you know the habit but you just don't want to bring it into your conscious awareness and that's when you kind of feel that pushback in your gut of like i don't want to talk about this you know like that, i'm I, I feel like a lot of people probably relate to that it's because your subconscious like the, the habit's so deeply ingrained into your subconscious that it's like a very negative emotion when whenever anybody tries to kind of point it out or whenever you hear something that kind of attacks that potential habit that negative habit that may have a negative impact on your life um paul yeah, I, I, so, uh, oh sorry okay. go ahead i was going to jump down your throat and just say one other thing <laughs> because i i observe so much like i i constantly find myself just observing if i'm out with groups of people my mind is just watching people um yeah. it's just i'm really drawn to human beings but even the way for example partners if they're in romantic relationships you know one part like oh my god i can't believe they broke up with me and it's like really you walked by her and didn't even say hello and then you scrolled your phone every day for like five years what were you expecting eventually to happen your habits yeah. 
that you're not even aware of the little things, whether you kiss your partner or not, whether you're kind and an empathetic listener for even just a half an hour a day, or whether you're just kind of sitting with them eight hours, but not actually engaged. Everything you practice makes you a little bit more of who you become. And it's so cliche. And I'm not actually suggesting here that like you can become some perfect beacon of enlightenment. If anything, I'm talking to myself, like this is me projecting my yeah. internal state, reminding myself constantly, stop being stupid. That's kind of my my yeah. internal framework. Stop doing yeah. stupid things. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like in, in the kind of the romantic context, the investing context, nutrition context, like sometimes, as you said, the 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 things, the little it's the little things that are actually screwing you up, things that you're not even aware of because they're too small to hurt you today. But in the next five years, those raindrops, it's gonna be one hell of a flood to clean. But sorry, yeah. you were going to ask me something, and I rudely jumped over you. Oh no, that that was that was a great point. Uh, but I was going to ask you. I'm just curious, you know, because you you touched on that you started investing a couple of years ago. So I'm curious to. I mean, you seem very intelligent. I I love your your perspective, um, and I'll, I'm I'm sure a lot of it comes from learning all of this uh, in the uh, fitness world. And so you've been able to kind of transfer some of those core lessons that you've learned into the finance world, which is incredible. But I, I am curious, like, what struggles did you have a couple of years ago when you first jumped in? I know earlier you touched on that you you kind of had this mental image of investing, thinking it was kind of like you had to pick the right stock. Yeah. It was kind of like a casino. And yeah. I think a lot of that is due to Hollywood building this movie perspective of like Wolf of Wall Street. People think like people have that vision of the stock market when they think of stocks, when in reality, it's not like that at all. I mean, of course, there's going to be certain situations that are kind of like that. And those situations always get amplified in the public view. But in reality, the real way to like build wealth in the stock market is pretty damn boring. You know, it's, it's kind of, like it always is. you know, yeah, it's, it's the boring stuff that people don't want to do that actually really moves the needle. But I'm yeah. curious, like Paul and like your situation, um, what, what, uh, what things were kind of difficult for you to kind of make that jump into the investing world um, when you first got started a couple of years ago? Oh, man, you're so right for, for what you said. Um, just even just you got something triggering in my head whereby if I was to sell a diet book, it would be like eat three to four meals daily for eight decades. I eat a mix of protein, carbs and fats and do it for 80 years. And we all know that intuitively to be true, but yet it's not going to sell at all because it's not the image portrayed on social media. Uh, yeah. the, the, bar the great barriers for me, one of my best mates told me he was investing. And when he kind of told me the returns on his portfolio, which was quite handsome at the time, and this, this must be about four or five years ago, um, and he's Irish, but he lives abroad. I thought, geez, that, that's amazing. But I still had this image that he was going into something super volatile. So it didn't really land with me. Then he advised me to go to kind of the financial advisor just for an hour's consult, the same person he went to. And... Then there was a couple of financial advisors kind of similar to you guys that I kind of linked up with through social media that I got speaking to. And they were they were just all saying the same thing or everything that you guys are saying, right? Compounding interest, all that carry on. Um, but I think, man, I think it was psychological for me. Like even the first day I transferred money from my bank into my investment portfolio, I think that was the hardest thing to, yeah. to take what I consider to be a healthy chunk of my life savings and put them into an actual thing that I have not grown up knowing that I found out about last month. Like you're thinking, oh my God, is this is this real? So it's, it's definitely a mental barrier. That's why I've I've spoken kind of behaviorally, and that's why I'm encouraging you guys to keep hammering out the behavioral stuff because there's I don't think there's a single person on the planet who who's heard of investing that doesn't know compounding yada 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 yada. But that's that's not going to be the thing that changes your heart for sure. Maybe your mind. The first transfer of the money was the biggest thing for me. And then what am I actually buying? What the heck? Like all ticker codes? What the hell does that yeah. even mean? Yeah. Um, 
and it was all very overwhelming to me. And now I look back and, you know, it's, it's monthly, it's a transfer. I just have to log in and just buy the stock once the money clears. But it's so second nature now and actually a tiny bit like the curse of knowledge. I take for granted now how easy it is. But there was a lot of friction for me because I was afraid of what I was doing. Was I just basically buying a glorified lottery ticket for, you know, several thousand euros or or was I actually investing in something extremely wise? But the more people I followed, they were all saying the same thing. They were all saying that, you know, you're 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 basically buying a tiny slice of certain companies, the economy, compound. Everyone was saying the same thing. And these are all people that I would trust. That would be reputable. That would be smart. They weren't the financial advisor guy that you know gave me my advice. Wasn't standing oiled up beside a Ferrari, unlike a lot of people. And you know that really matters to me because my big red flag radar is how much you're showing off in your advertisement. I want wisdom. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want like sex appeal. You, I'm sure there's a demographic. You have at it. Yeah. I want applied it sells. wisdom. <laughs> it, it does sell, and I bet you guys are leaving money on the table by not oh, yeah. being complete flashy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I during the the crypto situation in 2021, I had quite a bit of like crypto people reach out to me in the DMs offering like 20, 30, 40,000 dollars for a two post promotion. And I, I, yes, per, it was a pretty shiny objects offer and it took a lot <laughs> out of me not to do it, but you know, I uh, a lot of people in the space in the finance space and in, on Instagram and a lot of social media places were accepting that. And that's why you were seeing these influencers kind of accept offers and start promoting some random crypto coin um, because they were getting paid to do it, you know? So yeah, you know, that's, that's the thing um, for me. I, this is fun. Like I, I enjoy trying to help people um, better their, their financial situation. And to me, like kind of like what you touched on earlier, Paul, like for me, it's, it's mostly a reminder for myself, right? Like a lot of the stuff I'm talking about is for me yes. to stay level headed. Um, so selfishly, it's, it's kind of like all the content I'm constantly putting out every single day is just little reminders to myself because I'm, I'm human. You know, like there's, there's times in the market when it's going down, like I start to get a little like what's going on, you know? And yeah. that's why I throw out these reminders. Cause I, I try to stay as level headed as I can uh, because I want to, I want to play this longer term game. Like I'm, I'm fully aware all of the best results in life that I've studied, that I've noticed from the people that have had incredible results, like they've all been playing long-term games. Like these, these people that have millions and millions of dollars in the bank, that that's actual sustainable wealth. Like they're playing these, they, they've been playing the game for decades, you know, like, and, and it might seem like from like the interviews that they do on, you know, on the news or whatever, it might like, they'll give simple answers and, and it might seem like it was very simple for them to kind of get into their situation. But in reality, it wasn't like it, it took sacrifice. It took decades and decades of putting in the work of, of being consistent, you know, all the stuff that we, that we hear on a, on a, on a daily basis of like what to do in order to get wealthy. But it's one thing to know what to do. And it's another thing to actually apply that and do it in your life. Right. And yep. that's, I, I think that was like the big pivotal moment. Like I had is like, Oh, like I, I know these concepts, but like, why am I not applying them into my own life? And, you know, that's, again, it, it kind of comes down to the psychology part. Like that's a deeper internal thing that you kind of have to conquer in order to um, actually move the needle forward. Yeah. And if, if you would have told me, um, at any point in my life about investing, I might have pushed it away. But if I was, if someone's in my position where, you know, just a few years ago, you didn't have an investment portfolio, I would sincerely advise you to either get financial advice from whoever you trust online, your good selves, whoever it is, to actually walk you through, in my opinion, to walk you through the, how to get a account set up, how to get your first stock bought, how to even put in a ticker code. You might laugh at that, but even the idea of putting in yeah. the wrong ticker code would have filled me with dread. So yeah. th things of that nature, get advice from someone. The only reason, again, I have the insight too is, you know, a bicep curl is second nature, but I, you know, you do people walk into a gym 
and they've never done that movement Same before. Thing. So coordination's not there. Exactly. Exactly. And they sometimes tell me they feel a bit silly asking for trivial advice. I'm like, no, you you don't know what you don't know. I, and I genuinely believe there are no stupid questions per se. There's just no. people who haven't found out yet. So um as long as if you're able if you've got the skill, you mentioned Josh that you know this is just kind of you thinking out loud on your page in a way. I think that's the best business to run because nobody can beat you at being you. So if you're succeeding at yes. what you're actually sharing and it's it's true. Like I, I'm doing business consulting and I had a couple of young uh, trainers sign up with me last week for business mentoring. Fantastic young men. And I was like, guys, you're, you're smart. All you're demonstrating though on your socials is your knowledge. There's, there's nothing I can get on your page that I can't get anywhere else. I want to see applied wisdom. Don't tell me that like, there's no inherently individual fattening food. It's about the diet pattern. Tell me how your client lost 40 pounds by this perspective. Tell me something that's actually going to make me think about how it might apply to my own life. And I think nobody can actually beat you with your own experience. Like I have, yeah. I've recently done a kind of a podcast interview on my own channel, one of my clients who lost over 200 pounds. Nobody can copy that. Nobody can take that information, that insight, that coaching skill out of my head. So you could go onto my Instagram if you wanted to, or I could do it to someone else and we could copy each other. That can only go so far. You Once you're put on the spot, like we're talking to each other now, you'll find out who's telling the truth and you'll see who's a yeah. fucking fraud, basically. So <laughs> pardon my There needs... Uh, oh, sorry, go on, go on. No, you go on, you go on, Pierce. Go ahead. So what I, there needs to be an appeal to some point. Like, you know, if you... So people who look for financial advice, per se, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, inclined in the nutrition world, but people who look for financial advice, you know, these types of people like these, like you were saying, they look for the materialistic thing, the guy with the Ferrari. And then because there's this image portrayed online, and especially with people around my age that I see indulge in it and this, oh, get rich quick thing. And it's just so it's such a miscommunication and mis misinterpretation that it's it's longevity it, it is yeah. the consistency and discipline that was kind of the question i wanted to to go to hit you with is what similarities with the with the fitness world and the investing world with the discipline and consistencies have you found like are they the same exact thing there are two main things that come to my mind i think because the the get rich quick thing is kind of similar to the lose body fat in six weeks thing you might yes, but exactly. you probably won't you probably won't uh, but I, I've changed my tune on that. When I started as a trainer, I thought, who the hell could fall for these things? But now I realize that people don't get taken advantage because of a lack of intelligence. They get taken advantage of because of their emotional state. And mm -hmm. um, the behavior to the person makes sense at the time. So I think it's about coming in and literally being the change you want to see. I can go on the internet and piss and moan about, oh, I, or I can just be the change that I actually want to see. And it's working for me so far. Uh, so that's kind of the first one. The second one, oh my God, I've actually, I had two points that come to mind. The emotional state, and I, it's, it's actually lost me, I'm afraid. That emotional <laughs> state alone is pretty powerful. Oh, oh yes, yeah. I have it I have it back, I have it back. Um, it's, it's really, because all my clients say this, I did a podcast, actually, one, one of my ladies from the US, and she lost 80 pounds. And she told me that if I would have told her prior that losing 80 pounds would technically speaking, make her no happier as a person, she would never believe me. And that it's kind of the journey that she went on. And that's it. I, exactly. And um, the goal isn't to re reach the outcome and put your feet up for life. That's an arrival fallacy. I think you'll, you'll achieve something no sooner than five or six seconds and the novelty will wear off. I think the goal is to become a certain kind of person, a certain kind of life. Like when people say money won't make you happy. And in my industry, a lot of people say fat loss won't make you happy. And I think people don't listen because the message, what, what's really being said is 
This outcome might improve your life in a narrow way, but it will not take away the existential dread that caused you to pursue it in the first place. Mm -hmm. So that's how I see it. So I have no, I have no belief that as my money compounds, I'm going to be a happier person, but I'm lucky. I was the happiest guy on the planet when I had 10 euros to my name. I kind of, yeah. I heard Naval say a long time ago, someone's got to be the happiest person on the planet. I think I'm going to try to be that person today. Exactly, so, man. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you, if you, if you don't, thank you very much, Bruce. I appreciate that. If you, if you don't align your expectations with the achievements, uh, you're going to be hollow and broken. There, there, if, if money was the answer, there'd be no suicidal millionaires. If fat loss right. was the answer, there'd be no depressed influencers online. Like, open your eyes. And I mean that with love. Open your bloody eyes and realize yeah. that these things aren't making people any happier. So it's exactly. well, you, you'll never not have now as far as I'm concerned. Super cheesy, I know, oh, but there's only today. I I'm here with you guys right now, and I'm fully here. My work phone is switched off. It'll be off until I'm finished this call. Then I'll be working, and then you guys nice. won't be on my mind. And then and you got to be where you are, and, and that's how I see life in general. So. But there's also this kind of pulling from both perspectives. There's like here super now and then like 30 years down the road. So it's you're pulling yeah. from two opposite extremes. Yeah. Um, I, they're I, the parallel fears, the kind of the the impatience and the kind of the false expectations. And I don't believe in lack of intelligence anymore. I believe in emotional state more so. I'm going to have to try to reiterate my brain to think about that. I, I've <laughs> never had someone say something. I, I'm going to think on that. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, they're, they're just they're just insights from coaching, man. They're just I, I'm lucky that I have maybe five or six client calls every single day, so I get to see a lot of perspectives. Interesting. It's it's a very wise perspective, Paul. Um, I yeah, I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of value out of this podcast just because of For all sure. of the brief bombs that you're dropping. Damn. Um, but I, I will say, you know, kind of to tie it in, that's that's a common issue I see in the finance world is where uh, especially a lot of high income earners or people who actually start to do well with money, like maybe they have the investing concepts down and they start to make a lot of money and everything sound, sounds great. Like, oh, look, I, I'm investing. I, I get compound interest. You know, I got now I got like 300 grand in the bank. Um, and then maybe a couple of years later, that turns to like 500 grand. And then like 10 years later, that turns into like multiple, maybe a million or 1.5 million. And then they get to this point where they have more than enough money than they know what to do with, right? But they still stick to that grind of like chasing turn it off. chasing that money. And it, it's because they have the wrong the framework or the, the end goal that they've set. Like they've they've set their their perspective or their mind on the money itself, not what they want to accomplish out of it. You know, and that, that kind of to me kind of seems like what you were tying into with the, the fitness realm. Um, it's it's very interesting and it's fascinating. And, and that's why it's also important. And it's it's hard to like say this stuff because I know it's going to go over a lot of people's head, especially if they're brand new beginners. But that's why it's super crucial to set that. You know, it's also why I touch on a lot. Like you got to set your why of like why you're starting this journey to begin with. Like why do you want to jump into the investing world? And you know, I, the one cool thing about it all though is because you know multiple millions of dollars won't bring you as much happiness as you think it will. That's actually good news because it means that you can hit that happy point with a lot less money if you're if you're yeah. strategic about it. Look you know, at it. If you have like if you have six months of expenses saved up, you're going to feel like you're rich as hell, you know, oh, yeah. to having yeah. millions and millions of dollars. Like, I, I don't think people oh, yeah. can be how, how little, I, I don't want to say how little it takes, but you can reach that point of feeling financially okay and financially happy a lot sooner than you think you can. Um, and, and that's the message I try to relate or convey to a lot of newer people who are starting this journey, who maybe have a lot of debt, who live paycheck to paycheck, like they think they need millions and millions of dollars to like somewhat financially breathe or to get rid of that financial anxiety of their life. But in reality, 
it can be accomplished a lot sooner um, if, if they if they can kind of understand the benefit of having that emergency fund or just the, oh, yeah. the concept around that. So it's it's very interesting to get your your perspective on all this, Paul, and how it kind of ties together from the fitness realm. It's it's uh, fascinating. Yeah, when when you look at typical deathbed wisdom, no, I mean it's it's going to be super trite and cliche, but again, I think it is worth talking about. Nobody ever says, "I wish I spent more time on my investing portfolio. I should have worked harder." Yeah. And that's why I, I weirdly think. A, a solid financial strategy. And I, I'm really not talking about like being Warren Buffett or being a billionaire. I'm talking about just keeping the debt collectors away and having a good life. The goal is to kind of not think about it in, in a strange kind of way. The goal yeah. is to almost recognize that money is somehow simultaneously everything and nothing. Now, it's really patronizing to say money is nothing when you don't have it because good grief, yeah. it's everything when you don't have it. But at the same time, if you can put yourself in a comfortable position, you, you've touched on it, that you're not going to turn off like 20 years of crazy frugality on, on year 21, just like you're not going to crash diet for 365 days and then be a flexible dieter on 366 days. That's not how it works. Um, so the goal is to kind of get yourself to a position where the role it plays in your life is, is kind of adequately put to that perspective. And then you focus on other things like building deep relationships, having great people around you, having fulfilling work or having a fulfilling project if you can. I know a lot of people don't get the opportunity to have fulfilling work. So Maybe they have to get meaning elsewhere in their life. But yeah, I mean, I, the, the deathbed wisdom, though cliched as hell, is something I revisit often. You know, the, the study on happiness from Harvard, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, um, the longest ever study that basically suggests that the single greatest thread that runs through the happiest people in the world is the quality of their relationships. Nobody ever talks about the money that they made. So you're, you're trying to play the game of money because you don't really have another opportunity or option pardon option in life yeah but you put it like into the money only category you're not going to be showering yourself naked on your bed with your millions and somehow be happy in 30 years time i don't think that's how it works nope. so if you can find that kind of contradicting perspective of like it's somehow everything and somehow nothing and focus on what really nur nurture the things that really matter have it my opinion personally is have an investment strategy that kind of takes care of itself be smart be somewhat frugal and really self-aware like i'm going to vietnam where I, I used to live in vietnam i'm going to vietnam in three weeks again for three months and travel is very important to me so i'll travel i'll, I'll go anywhere and I, i'll often go anywhere alone in the world with just a backpack i love doing it I couldn't care less for a brand name clothing item or car or how anything like that. It's just not me. But like, these are my values. If you came to me and said, I hate travel, uh, like Pierce, I'm going to buy a nice car for myself. I'm like, you should yeah. totally do that. It's it's yeah. it's the reason behind your purchase. So it's my thing. I, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know that I'll look back on my life and think I should have traveled more if I don't do it, but I'll never look back and think I should have bought the car, but that's me, right? That's me. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. I look exactly at it and I'm so. like, I can never be 21 driving this car again. A hundred percent. And that, that, that wisdom for 21 is, is astounding. I'm, I'm, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. My 21-year-old me, 21-year-old me is, our 33-year-old me is looking at 21-year-old me and he just wants to beat him up for his stupidity, to be honest. So you know, he's people, jealous of you. People tend to compare themselves and I'm no better, no worse, but people tend to compare themselves to people who are on like, you know, level one to people who are on level five. And it's like, you can't have that comparison of, you know, cause there's, there's a process along the way. There's knowledge. And then there's, you know, you have to pick, you know, there's wins, but there's losses and there's learning lessons in both, you know, when you lose and stuff, you're like, okay. Okay. You know, you still celebrate. Cool. I, 
I did it, but you know, what can I learn? What can I change next time? So I don't screw up the same thing twice. And so that's the whole thing for me. It's not screwing up on the same thing twice. And it's hard mm-hmm. because, you know, depending on it, you know, it could be investing and like, you know, I, you know, I'm thankful that I persevered through it that like, you know, but if, you know, that third time that I screwed up on investing, you know, I, it could have been it for me, but I kept on doing it. And then, you know, eventually over time, it's consistency and discipline on it. It's and, just, and Pierce, you're still it. learning too, which is incredible. So like oh, you're, dude, I, have, you're, you're I don't even know how I'm on this podcast. Yeah. I mean, so I know a little bit, but like, you know. Yeah. And that's the cool part about it. Awesome. Is like you're sharing your experience from like the ground up. Like you started at a very yeah. young age and you're getting to share what you learn as you learn. I don't even know how to pay a light bill guys, but uh, you know, <laughs> we're, I'm going to figure it out with you. Yeah, exactly. Which is an awesome perspective to have. Um, but Paul, it looks like we're, we're wrapping up or we're ending up on that, uh, that last minute part of the podcast. So I want to ask you one final question to kind of just wrap it all up. And that is, if you were to have a conversation with yourself five years ago around investing to help you get over that hurdle earlier of learning or diving into the investing world and just actually getting started, what would you tell that person? What would you tell that version of you, uh, five years younger version of you? Get affordable, reputable advice and get them to walk you through how to invest. That would be the, the tactics, the X and the O's, the nuts and the bolts. The, that's the kind of the practical answer, but that wouldn't have been enough. It would also be, sur- you have to surround yourself with people who are going to kind of get inside your brain. Um, I'd say I've done, you know, you mentioned do the 30 hours of work. I, I put in a lot more, which is almost ironic because the answers are always ETF, compounding interest. ETF, compounding interest. Don't touch your fucking money for 20 years. Sorry, I swore again. I'm not even sure if you're okay with swearing. Oh, yeah, we're good with it. (laughs) Put your money for 20 years. Like, the answer has been all the same all the time. So, like, I almost feel like I could have skipped the 200 hours of work and been, like, compound interest, you say. But um, (laughs) surround yourself with content, books, influencers that are going to make you critically think a little bit better, make you evaluate the future a little bit different, kind of get you to engage a little bit deeper with the present by thinking about the future. Because... You know, we everyone realizes one tiny decision in their life that has cha- changed them tremendously in the past. Like I, I w- went into, I used to go to a gym and then I went into a new gym one random day and then I met my girlfriend of eight years that day and she happened to be in that gym too and she doesn't train there either. So like, wow. why the hell were we both in that gym on the same day? There you go. But, so yeah, you can look back in your life and everyone can and find one very obvious butterfly effect moment. If I hadn't have done that, who knows what universe would have opened up, but we're doing it right now for the future. And I think there's something kind of, and as much as you can't possibly compute it, your next set of decisions, like if we spend four minutes longer on this podcast than we should have, you might be the reason I don't walk across the road at the wrong time and get hit by a car this morning. So I always think of those little decisions that affect you that you can't possibly see. Right. Yeah. So basically long story short, get somebody to change your mind and get somebody's or a few people to change your heart. And if you can find those kinds of things online, um, then you're golden. And and also uh, your expectations. Like, again, I hope it doesn't come across like, oh, I'm I'm a tycoon now and I've got this all. Because I just know listening to this a couple of years ago would have been slightly intimidating for me. The goal is to have a modest, anywhere to, from a modest to an aggressive strategy. And um, 
and be consistent with it. You mentioned earlier, Josh, very quickly that the, you know some people have very difficult time with finances or the rules are a bit trickier for some people. I think it's the same with food intake and calorie intake. Like the, the biological rules are harder for some people, but the game is the same. We, we have to play the same game. Like it's energy balance and it's the conversion of one substrate fat tissue into another substrate to leave the body. Nobody is exempt from that game. You don't have to play the game, but if you want to play the game, you have to understand that principle. And I think money's kind of the same. So if you have 20 quid a month extra, or if you're a bloody millionaire and you want to invest, the game is the same, but the constraints that affect us are different. And I think it's about doing the best you can with the situation you have. And finally, finally, whoever you get to influence, you just make sure they're not judgmental. Make sure they don't give you false expectations or they're trying to take you for a ride. Just do your due diligence. Make sure you have good characters, good hearts, good people in your life, because it's it's people. I, I, I think connection is always the answer in almost everything in life. Connection, whether it's through the other side of a computer, good advice, good wisdom, good friends, good partner, it's it's connection. And I think the absence of connection, whether romantically or in friendship, or even with what you're doing is the reason a lot of people feel so unfulfilled. So they're the, they're the things that I would have loved to hear a couple of years ago in this little rambly monologue that I'm giving myself right now. That's, that's an incredible perspective. Love it, man. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you have on this podcast, you know, and I, I think especially that last point, that's, that's a, I want to highlight that because it's very easy to kind of go on a tangent when you start to get into this finance world to just only start caring about money and forget about the relationships. Like you got to remember why you're starting this journey to begin with. And for a lot of people, especially myself, like the, the whole entire reason I, I care about getting my finances in order and care about growing my wealth. And so I don't have to care about money forever. And so I can exactly. focus on the relationships, focus on the things that truly matter in life, which is relationships. You know, like that's a huge part, right? I want to be with my family. I want to be with my friends and I want to go explore the world. You know, that, those are the things that I deeply desire. But in order to do that, you got you to gotta have money, right? Like that's just the truth, right? That's, yeah. that's, that's how it is. That's how society set up. It is what it is. So yes, the reason why I care deeply about money right now, and I will be strategic about my finances is because I want to live my life how I want to live it. Um, and I think that's such a powerful point that you made touching on that, Paul, towards the end and just throughout the whole podcast, like your perspective, you have a very unique perspective. And I, I love how we were able to kind of correlate the two of fitness and finance, because there are so many similarities and, and just the point of there's a lot of simple concepts that will that if you apply to your own life and you can you can apply those concepts to your life, they will make drastic changes. But the thing is, because there is that emotional barrier in all of us or just that 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 complex emotional uh part of us and, and it's different for every single person like you have to somehow implement these simple concepts into that part of you right and it's very very difficult to do it's they're simple concepts difficult to apply and and it's been fascinating to kind of explore that uh with you paul in in the fitness world um because again there's a lot of similarities in the finance world and and my final note on that, and I totally agree with what you said about the goal is to not care eventually, which is kind of you have to care and then not care. You can't judge yourself for not being ready sooner. I see a lot of clients who are almost berating themselves for like, um, yeah. oh, I wish I'd have paid attention sooner. I'm, you know, 35, 36. And this is the first time I've paid attention. Same with me. Like I listened to Pierce's story and, you know, the one part of my brain is uh, every, you know, this has taken me so far. I am who I am because of how I live my twenties. But the other part of me is like, holy cow, 21 bloody hell. And uh, I think you can't judge yourself and berate yourself because partly because for a practical reason, you just can't go backwards. You only have forwards. So meet yourself where you're at, be a little bit compassionate. If you're 50 and you're putting in your first Euro, if you're 50 and you're doing your first workout, 
power to you. You're beating the 50-year-old version of you that isn't doing that. that. And that's really how I see it because there's no other option. So you have to meet yourself with a bit of kindness and compassion and non-judgment because I think it's a better strategy as well going forward as well as just having a better life. Beautifully said. Very well said. Pierce, any uh, closing thoughts on your end? I just wanted to thank you, man. I mean, I really appreciate your time and, and your expertise on this. And I loved to see how the correlations in the, in the physical fitness world and the investing world, how, how they tie together and, you know, have a lot of similarities. So, I mean, I appreciate your time and your knowledge. Thank you. And uh, the, the feeling is reciprocated. Thanks so much for having me. And thanks for the influence. Thanks for coming in and being another few, as I said, raindrops in my thought process for investing. I appreciate it so much. And it's really good to, to meet you both, albeit virtually. Mutual feelings. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for both of you. Pierce, thanks for coming on to co-host once again. Uh, we'll see you back me. in the future. And Paul, again, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on here. I, I think a lot of people are going to find this episode special. Um, there is a lot of truth bombs and just like perspective changes that I hope uh, will help kind of ignite that fire in some people's uh, hearts to make that change that they know maybe they have to make, but they just haven't actually gone that extra mile to do so. Um, Paul, thank you again so much uh, for coming on. And for everybody who's listening, thank you for tuning on to this fourth episode. I think this is what I, I can't wait to re-listen to this one. This was a special episode. Uh, and everybody have a great rest of your nights. Thank you. Just like I do okay. Link up, come and join this crew hey. I'ma go invest and I'ma watch my money double Take it to another level With that market hustle Always play it smart You ain't dealing with a sucker Take it to another level With that market hustle I'ma hustle, hustle 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 with that market hustle, go!